Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about Childish Gambino. A.K.A. Donald Glover. Does it work that way? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it can go either way. Like, you could say Donald Glover, A.K.A. Childish Gambino, too. It's weird, like, you don't usually say A.K.A. for the first name, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess it depends also where you know him from more. Because if you found him earlier and that was more of a music time you might know him more as gambino or bino but if you found him later in more recent years through atlanta and stuff maybe the opposite how many people you think only know him because of star wars a decent amount those star wars crazed fanatics who don't pay attention to any of this other stuff that sucks yeah yeah (laughs) but maybe it converted or opened some people's radar up to him the more people that know you the better they find out other stuff, and yeah. it's like the cherry on top, you know? And also, we're referencing that he was Lando in the Solo Star Wars movie, but... Yeah, I mean, when did you first hear about him? Do you remember? Or how? So, believe it or not, I actually heard of Donald Glover first, mm-hmm. because he was, and still possibly is, I don't know how he feels about it, a stand-up comedian. Yeah. He has history on TV as a comedian, but he had like little albums and specials and little videos of him doing stand-up comedy. And I'm into stand-up comedy. Like I watch it. I used to watch it. Not as much anymore, but I was introduced to him through comedy. Do you remember like roughly when that might have been? It was like my first or second year of college. So like 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably 2011. And then I found like his music think it was camp but even that i don't really remember how i came across it it might have been just online or someone put me on but yeah i don't know if i could pinpoint an exact time but i do remember how it Mm. was through this guy at the time modi he was running this blog called dc to bc and basically he would write about different artists or different random stuff and He also was the one who put me onto Kendrick way before any of that happened. But I remember he made a post about Gambino and I kind of found out about both his acting and comedy skits and music all at once because he talked about all of it. And then either right after that or soon after, I also started watching Community, which he was on for several years. And that started in 2009. And I definitely listened to his... EP, which is literally just called EP, that came out in March 2011. I forget if that was already out at the time. I think it was because I think he talked about Freaks and Geeks in the article, which was a song that put a lot of people on in the early stages. And I was definitely well aware of him and anticipating camp when it came out in November 2011 which was my freshman year of college, first semester. And I remember bumping that at the time and super into it. And that kind of just jump-started everything from there. You mentioned community, which I guess is some of his earlier most popular work or the work that people saw from him. For acting. Yeah. Pro it or con it? I definitely pro it at the time. Like I was really into it when I was watching it. Looking back, I don't know if I would really enjoy it the same. Like, I've seen clips here and there, and I don't think it holds up as well for me. But it's not really because of him. It's just the show feels a little bit dated. But I would still give it 
probably a light pro just because of the enjoyment it brought at the time and like we said it was one of the first things where you get to see him acting so just for that alone it's hard to con did you ever watch it though no i was never into it i think i tried like an episode or two and it was just like eh, whatever so yeah i don't know if it's fair for me to grade it i'd give it a light con just because i never watched it but i can't hate on it because i never actually saw more than probably two or three episodes he also didn't even appear in the fifth season, and I think I didn't even watch it after Damn. that. Or maybe a few episodes, and then I was like, eh. Like he was done after that, or he just missed that season? No, he just said, I'm out. Oh, shit. He knows when to pull out. <laughs> or not. Also, that was an NBC show, and before that, he had been hired at the age of 23 by Tina Fey to write for 30 Rock, which is also an NBC show. Obviously, she saw something in him before everyone else did, so props to her for that. He had been at NYU and doing some like comedy skit stuff and etc., but that was kind of the start, and then community, and then putting out all this music as well, and it just kept building and building. Also with Camp... How do you feel it holds up? Would you pro or con it right now? And also at the time, do you remember feeling it was like a big pro, light pro, light con? I don't know if it holds up as well. I still like it. I mean, I feel like we're both going to be a little biased mm-hmm. in this whole episode. <laughs> since yeah, we're for both, sure. Uh, big fans. But I really like it. I still like it. I just don't know if it holds well like in time. Like if you were to show this to your little cousin or something, he'd be like, oh. It's a little trash, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think part of that also is because how much he's evolved, which we'll get into, but it just is so mediocre compared to the rest of his catalog of what he ended up making. It just sounded like a little different than everything. It was a little fun, which we've heard in music before, but it was also like youthful and like weirdly like educated at the same time. But also it had like boys being boys humor and like. It was always funny because people would joke about like, oh, here's like a NYU bar or like a bar about like a college or something. There was like a lot of that, but it was still fun. Also, even the theme of the camp aspect, like he didn't overuse it. But one of my favorite parts of the album is him talking about being on a bus ride home from camp, summer camp. And that's actually the thing that's aged the best for me from the album. Like, there's some songs that I think are still great from it. And overall, I still think it's good. Like I said, not as good as what he's making now. But but that whole skit of him, or I should say a character that he's talking about, sometimes referred to as the boy, just that storytelling part of it, I think also hinted at what was to come in terms of his storytelling abilities. And usually... Those types of things on albums are boring or not as good as the music or whatever, but he made it feel interesting and special. And I think overall with the album, there's a nostalgia to it too. So I would probably give it a light pro also right now. At the time, I don't even know if I would have said it was a solid pro, but I did definitely enjoy it. Compared to what was coming out at the time, like Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City, this probably doesn't hold up as well. Like, if you were to face someone one-on-one, I mean, it's not even my favorite of his work, so. Again, we mentioned how much he's evolved since then, but it was also the beginning of him 
starting to show like a more than just a rapper yeah because before that it had been primarily rapping stuff and this had some more singing aspects and more expansion of what he could do musically that's true and then in terms of how his discography kept going he would kind of alternate between putting out these mixtape projects in between his albums so after camp we got royalty next in 2012 in the summer which i feel like is not a project people talk about much i forget about this project yeah everything else like it's just in my head yeah i feel like at the time i bumped it a little bit or for a little bit and also i remember driving around with nick from college playing it because he was really into it and it does have some good tracks but it's definitely not something I revisit that much now, so I'd probably give it a like con. Like, it's still not bad, but it definitely doesn't have the longevity of the others. And this thing is not even on streams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that alone, like, con. <laughs> even if it's not as good, like, have it out there. I don't know. That's probably the reason why it's forgotten, because it just never comes up. Honestly, I don't even remember much of it either, so... Just like you, I'm going to have to give it a like, huh? It's also worth mentioning that that's the name of his crew, his team, his royalty. That's what they refer to themselves as. Or at least they used to. They haven't really in a while. But that also evolved into like a bunch of the Atlanta writing team and all that. So he's always kept like a circle around him of family, friends, etc. Is this like the same crew that's in clapping for the wrong reasons because i feel like it's a bunch of his boys and shit which is a short film that he put out around that time for people around the next album because of the internet but yeah a bunch of them are in it including his brother i believe is in it fam part of his management team is in it also some of his other friends like chance the rappers in it and topanga topanga yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty pretty cool little short. And right after, we got Because the Internet. Not just the album, but we also got a little screenplay, a digital screenplay. Yeah, it had a written out screenplay, but it also had video clips mixed in. He put out this website screenplay a couple of days before the album. That was in early December 2013. The short film had came out in August, and they were somewhat connected, but... It's not like the short film told you everything or... It kind of started to set a mood. Right. Established the world. Yeah, it for sure established the world that he was creating. Mm-hmm. And was the like characters vaguely. Yeah, like the characters, even like his facial expression was like a thing. And also the fit. This was like, I feel when I truly became a fan right here. And many of us did, but... Yeah, I mean, this definitely took it to the next level of showing his abilities and... I think still to this day is one of the craziest rollouts I've seen for an album slash project and got me super excited for it. And then on top of that, the music was amazing as well. Yeah, this overall has to be like his strongest, I believe. I mean, like you just said, the music, we got the screenplay, but man, even the music videos all like top notch. Yeah, his videos are crazy. Always directed by Hero. Murray, who has also worked on Atlanta with him and Guava Island, which we'll talk about later, but 
they're a great duo and the music videos also there was a whole thing that they all have connected pieces to them and it became this whole thing of hidden storytelling for him or at least stuff where if you dig deeper and go on reddit and find theories and all that there's just so many connections and things where it provides extra layer of interest and excitement and engagement around it but yeah i mean i think because the internet in terms of just the music alone was a heavy pro for me at the time and in terms of how it's aged i would say somewhere between a solid and a heavy pro like i'm still not totally sure because i go in and out in terms of how much i'll still listen to it now but I think the music holds up really well, and I think only time will tell in terms of, like, you know, another decade or something, but, yeah, I think it's a special project. It's one of those that could easily make my top 10, like, ever. It's one of those, like, I don't think I'll forget it. I'll be bumping this for a minute. So then next we got, again, mixtape release between albums, and this one is... A joint slash two-sided one for Stone Mountain slash Kauai, which was in October 2014. And Stone Mountain was more basically like his version of a DJ drama Gangsta Grills mixtape with him going hard with the rapping and a lot more rap-focused beats as well. And then Kauai, or Kauai, I forget how you pronounce it, was more sing-songy full out and had tracks like sober which is a very popular one for him and other songs and stone mountain is decent but Kawhi is so much better and i think holds up really well too one of the only cons i'd probably give on this show probably goes to stone mountain another one that is kind of forgettable for me i think at the time i remember bumping like two or three songs that were like decent i don't really even remember them because i haven't bumped them in a while but I mean, it's kind of like royalty, you yeah. know, royalty was also rap focused and also kind of forgettable or at least songs that you're not bumping that much, at least for us. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the other side, which is Kawhi, not like Leonard, you know, but <laughs> where every track is like great to me. Like I still bump a few of them. I mean, Sober became one of his more known singles yeah. at the time because he dropped the video for him, but it's like how the album or the ep starts off yeah that one i pro and still pro today also a pro is that that is on streaming yeah that's another connection like royalty stone mountain is just not up there and people are gonna forget about it yeah and then we got awaken my love exclamation point in quotation marks (laughs) (laughs) in december 2016 These are my feelings right now. I feel like they could change with time. But actually would give this project a con just because the music is good, but it doesn't resonate with me like his other music. And I don't know what that is, but it's just a gut feeling type thing. I haven't really listened to it much ever since it came out. I mean, this is an album that at the time it came out, you either really loved it or I wouldn't say hate it, but you probably didn't like it. Yeah. And that was the case. You were like on one side or the other. Because it's also a bit of a different sound. It's a little more... Very funk. Funk. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Some hints of psychedelic, Mm -hmm. which is something I don't fully listen to, but I think I've heard that word thrown around. 
a couple times. Which aren't things I mind in itself, but it was just the music on its own. And there's some like, I mean, California's got to be his worst track of all time. I mentioned there wouldn't be many cons in this episode, but <laughs> you just mentioned the second one for me. <laughs> and by the way, I still haven't said it, but I really enjoyed this album. It probably also make my top 10. Wow. It's I didn't album. realize it was up there that much for you. Yeah. I mean, my top 10 consists of a lot of childish and Tyler, <laughs> the creator. <laughs> but at the time, I don't know if I felt that way. It took a while for gotcha. me to love this album. It came out and I had to literally like re-listen and it's like, oh, let me let me give this a try again. And then I liked like a song a little bit more. And then another song came on and I liked it a little bit more. I mean, that didn't happen with California, but like I really like Boogeyman. It's one of the funkier, more upbeat tracks. And me and your mama when I'm feeling some type of way. <laughs> it's a moodier song. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, this is where I'm at right now. But right before we started recording, I was just like skimming through it, playing a few seconds of each track. And I feel like it does have the potential to grow on me over time. It still hasn't yet, but part of that may be because I do think I gave it a chance, but I didn't really play it a lot, a lot where it could have maybe grown on me if that happened. Yeah, and it's weird because the music is very different to what he had released before and it's actually inspired by older music, like we just said, funk and psychedelic, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know, from the 70s or something. Right, yeah. But in a way, I feel like this album should be the one out of his discography that, like, quote-unquote, ages the best as you age as a listener. Like, I feel like it's the grown-up music that he released. That's true, yeah. Where, like, again, like, Me and Your Mama or Redbone, which is the track that everyone around the world probably heard. It's very grown-up music, like yeah. a lamp with a glass of wine at home type right. of music. It has that feel. So, yeah, maybe 40-year-old Jack will be bumping this. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, you hear that funk? <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you some music. <laughs> um, but those are fair points. It's very different and for sure not for everybody. Which brings us, in terms of music, to the new album, which also has been the first time that he hasn't put out a mixtape in between although he hasn't officially called this an album so could this just be a quote-unquote mixtape that's on streaming i mean okay so this is still reasonably new yeah we should say that it just officially hit streaming we're recording this today on sunday the 22nd of march i mean the album had played on his website Mm -hmm. a week ago on march 15th which is also the name of this project 3.15.20 but yeah like i still don't know what to think of it mm-hmm. it's a very unusual release yeah like an album or mixtape yeah it's a very long piece of work yeah it's like an hour just 12 tracks which is i mean we're talking about like six seven minute songs giving it a couple of listens now it has a lot of mixtape characteristics to it Just in terms of sounds and uses, some covers. I don't know. How do you feel so far? Wait, covers? Yeah, like on Algorithm, I believe he covers at least a chunk of the song Hey Mr. DJ by Zane. I think that's how you say her name. It's with a Z and an H. Mm. It's very confusing. Uh, 
Wait, let, like let's take a quick break for you to play it for me real quick. Oh, shit. It had sounded vaguely familiar, but I didn't even think about it being a cover. I mean, it's very different than the actual song. The one he's covering is very club, 90s, like, chill vibes, and his is very different. It's yeah. a different sound. It's more of, like, the words. He really makes it his voice, also. He made it his own. Like, I'm sure a lot of people won't even know this is a cover yeah. or... Like, he uses even those lyrics because it sounds like him. But, yeah, just little things like this gives me, like, oh, it's like a mixtape. Like Yeah, that's actually very interesting in terms of how that factors into the mixtape debate. That adds to the scale on the mixtape side. And, I don't know, it just seemed very, like, experimental. Mm. A lot of different sounds, newer sounds at least to, like, him. I wouldn't say any of them are, like, surprises, stuff that you can see him doing, but... I feel like there's also cohesiveness and, like, this uniform in some of the tracks that you can see it being an album. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, like, in between. The thing is, like, I could see it being an album, but part of also what adds to the mixtape thing is, like we were saying, the way it was released. Like, it was first randomly tweeted from someone else, and then his manager retweeted it of this website where it was playing, and that was a week ago on the 15th. And I was actually up at the time I heard it. I was like going crazy, like, oh my God, new music. Thank the Lord. This was after the Corona week where it really broke out. So, and then this week there was a countdown on his website that went up like around Friday and that was counting down to midnight Sunday. Then it went up on streaming, same music, some slightly different mixes and stuff, but it's definitely a very unusual release style. Plus, you add in the fact that the title of it is also just the date that it was first released. And then the album cover is just literally all white. (laughs) So even for him, who is someone mysterious and unusual and quirky with his rollouts and album styles, this is bare bones. And we have been talking the whole time about this pattern he has of album, mixtape, album, mixtape. So maybe this is just technically a mixtape. I mean, the other thing to consider is that on his website, when he put up the streaming version, he put up this handwritten note, which is probably a reference to him putting up these handwritten notes on Instagram a while back. But anyway, in the note, he says this thing about this being the first book, quote unquote, and then also... A week before that, when it had first gone up on the website, there was this image that had four different covers on it. It was like one long panoramic image that was spliced and labeled into four different cover arts. So people are speculating that this is the first of four projects or something to come. So maybe it's part of a bigger thing. Who knows? There's a lot of questions right now, but we're kind of reacting live and doing our first impressions generally and all that but i don't know as you were like talking i also more things came to my head leaning towards the mixtape side Mm -hmm. like you mentioned the pattern everything you know the titles the covers and the literal white cover but also would you say that like mixtape have some like throwaway tracks or tracks you've kind of like heard before just like playing around with music because I feel like there's also some of that in here. We know Feels Like Summer, which mm-hmm. we had heard over a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I guess I really like the track, put it in here, but I would have been fine with you <laughs> replacing this song with something else. 
Well, on Kawhi, you had Soper on there. Good point. I'm leaning towards mixtape. The more I think about it, yeah. It's really hard for me to choose, but one more reason I'll throw in there potentially for album is that he's talked for a while now about making the final Childish Gambino project and then shedding that name and just being Donald Lover only. So is this the final album from Childish Gambino or is it also the first of four parts to the conclusion? And even in terms of it being on streaming, he has it under the Childish Gambino name as separate tracks, but there's also another artist profile called Donald Glover Presents, which is the name of the website, that has the album as one long track. So there's something going on there that we still don't fully know the complete picture of. I got something for you. Okay. <laughs> I think this is somehow, some way. I don't know if I'd call it a continuation or more of just like a combined piece of something that goes with Guava Island. Okay. Interesting. I mean, let's give some quick background on that. Basically, it premiered at Coachella last year in 2019 and hit Amazon soon after because it's an Amazon film and it stars Donald and Rihanna in it. It's on an island and has a bunch of Donald's music in it as well. It also is directed by Hero, who we mentioned before has worked with Donald on his music videos in Atlanta and etc. and is his directorial debut for a feature. It was also written by Donald's brother, Stephen, and the story was by all of their team. But yeah, the music from that never hit streaming, which we were both pissed about. Still am. <laughs> yeah, so what were you going to say in relation to that? Again, it's still reasonably new to us. We could still learn a lot more from the album, but from the first couple of... Damn, I just called it an album. That's not good. <laughs> from the first couple of listens to the mixtape... Or project, we could just say. <laughs> I'm leaning on my, uh, <laughs> my argument here. A lot of the themes, especially in the lyrics, obviously, some of the sounds are very similar to the topics in Guava Island, just in terms more of like the love story between uh, him and Rihanna as the characters in Guava Island. And even like if you listen to the track 11, which... Let's call it the violence. Going off that real quick, just a side note. Just like the title is named just numbers of the date it's released, most of the tracks only have the timestamp of when they begin within the project. Mm -hmm. But when it had first been playing on his website a week earlier, people basically got all the names. So personally, I already had, had the project ripped and downloaded from that. So I already have the names referenced from there. But... For people who are just listening new, that's what it's going to display as for everything except algorithm and time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but back to it. Like in this track, The Violence, we hear a voice of a kid, which we assume is his one of, kid. Yeah, one of his sons. He has two sons. And it's like a cute track. It's about love. Like, oh, who do you love? Blah, blah. Which I feel like are themes and things you can see possibly like on a part two of guava island which you gotta watch it but so basically i feel like it's something connected yeah i mean i think that's an interesting theory if that comes out to be true i wouldn't be surprised but also i feel like they're kind of general enough and in line with him growing as a person and a parent where if it's not i also wouldn't be surprised so you could use it to your argument but i don't think it's concrete or anything 
So aside from the technical stuff of what we're going to call it or what it is or whatnot, what do you think of the project itself? And obviously this is kind of a first reaction. I mean, you've only really heard it briefly last week and then since this dropped at midnight last night, like a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So far, I really like this album. Mixtape. <laughs> project. <laughs> uh no, I mean, all jokes aside, I really I really like the sound. Lyrics and theme are enjoyable. I really like it. It seems like there's personal stuff here. There's lovey-dovey stuff, which I really like, and just some fun. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I like it a lot. I would say that in the past week that I've had it, I was mostly listening to tracks three through six, which I think is one of the best stretches of music back to back to back to back that I've heard in a long time and I really like the project overall but so far I know that section the best because that's just my favorite collection of tracks. Completely agree. This has to be the best stretch by far. There's other good tracks but what comes before it and right after it not my favorite so far but I mean we could get to that and it's weird because I mean Let's go track by track, I guess. Yeah. Uh, to start off, we have We Are, track mm -hmm. one. Take it off. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> like, it sounds nice, but I wouldn't be mad if it was gone either. It's fine. I'll probably play it if I want to listen to the entire album in one. And for people who haven't heard it, it's a very intro track song. Like, not only is it literally the intro track, but it has that kind of sound where... It's not really an actual song. It's just kind of a guide to start the album. Yeah, setting a tone, a mood. Then this goes into Algorithm. Yeah. One of the actual titled tracks. I like it, and I think the more I listen to it, the more I'll like it also. Yeah. I mean, when I first heard it, it was weird. I thought of, like, 808s and Heartbreak by mm. Kanye. Yeah. I think it was, like, the drums or the bass or something that's playing, and I'm like, uh, I don't right. know if I'm feeling this. And then the actual cover part to Hey Mr. DJ came on, and I was like, damn, yeah, like, <laughs> this kind of slaps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, like, at first, I didn't fully like it, and by the end of the song, something switched. And it happened again later on in the album. But next up is the third track, which starts this stretch that we were talking about, which is the track Time featuring Ariana Grande. Just a great track. And I think. I mean, she has a great voice, but he uses it in a unique way. Possibly top two track, maybe my favorite track. Mm -hmm. I could probably listen to an instrumental of this. Yeah. It's that great. And then you add on Childish and Ariana on this. I mean. If this is a mixtape, that's a huge flex to just have an Ariana feature on a mixtape. <laughs> Some light, bro. You gotta. <laughs> you but gotta he would be the one to do it, though. Yeah, exactly. We're going to track four. Let's title it Vibrate featuring 21, 21, 21, Savage. Yeah. And also low-key, SZA. Flex on flex on flex. <laughs> One of the smoothest tracks out here. Yeah. And also 21 Savage, Atlanta, kind of hot boy, even though, but he's from the UK originally or something, right? Yeah. But he feels like an Atlanta rapper at this point. I mean, he is. It's one of those weird situations where, like, maybe he was born over there or his residency is over there. I don't I don't really know the situation much, but... Yeah. Atlanta rapper. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a great track and, like, so many different pockets. I think this is, like, a theme with 
the album overall that we've touched on is that the songs transform so much as they go on, which makes it so enjoyable to listen to. And it's like songs within songs and no complaints about 21's verse either. Mm -mm. Never. He's having a good guest run right now. I think that might be where like he's strong. Yeah. Because I don't really listen to his actual solo stuff. Solo projects. Next up, we got, I think, my favorite song on the project, which is track five, Beautiful. I think this is instantly one of the best dance songs of all time, or at least enters the competition. We'll see how it ages. But literally the first time I heard it, I had to like get up. It just is infectious and makes you want to move and dance and i can't lie bro uh i was doing some moves some shoulder rolls not making this up this shit was groovy as hell had me bumping i can totally agree with you easily put this on my top three possibly the top two on this album as well like i might have to get married just for this to play at my wedding (laughs) that's how good it is bino what are you doing bro This would be a great wedding track. I didn't even think about that, but the dance floor would be flooded. Yeah. And this goes into track six. Sweet thing slash thank you. Could have easily been the end track also. I feel like that was thought that came across my head as well. Gives you the vibes, even with the sweet thing, which is like sadder, but also like the thank you also feels like a goodbye. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I also don't mind it where it is. I think it works regardless and... I like both sections of it a lot. I'd pro it easily. Next up, track seven, Warlords. Kind of a yeezus e type track. Like, it fits very much in with that sound, which is a Kanye album for people who don't know that has a very distinct style, and it's kind of loud and aggressive and etc. I can see what you mean by that. It's for sure very different. It's another one of the tracks on this album that we see hints of in guava island i'm not totally sure how i feel about this track yet time will tell because i don't mind it but i also feel like i might get tired of it i wouldn't call it forgettable but it can be the skippable track out of this run i don't know i don't want to give it a con but a very very thin light pro next up we have track eight titled little foot big foot get out the way this track right here mixed feelings about it it's another one of the more upbeat seems a little fun kind of just like with algorithm it just took one thing to switch and i wouldn't say it's the middle of the song it's probably in the last quarter of it they do a little sound switch up from like a fun upbeat sound to like a more hip-hop bass like boom bop sound and i think it's fucking like if the song in its entirety was like that i'd probably like the song So because of that, I'd give it a light pro just because of that little piece at the end. But the whole front part of the song, it's whatever. I totally agree that without the ending, this track is an easy skip. And if the track had been only the ending but made into a full song, it would have been insane. Yeah. So I'm going to con it because of that. Like It gives you that tease of how crazy it could have been. Like, I get it. I get why he did the beginning half, and it does fit in with his sound. But yeah, not for me otherwise. All right, moving on. Track nine, we got Why Go to the Party, which I feel pretty similar about to We Are, the opening track. Like, it's almost an interlude, 
and feels like it's fine, but it could have been off it too, and I wouldn't mind. I think I just forgot about this track, but I think we found another con. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it is interlude-like. I could live without it. Would have been fine with this being a 10-track project if you take off the first song and this song. Then we go into track 10, a song that we've heard a couple times before. Feels like summer. It was a single that was released as part of like a summer pack thing, but... Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I really like the song. I'll still listen to it, but it's one of those like, damn, I wish it was something new. Even if it's something we had heard like in Guava Island or something, Saturday, even though Saturday might not be the best fit on this project, just because the sound is very Caribbean and different. Just anything new. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he might have done it for a mix of like either discography legacy elements in terms of it not living on another project and potentially getting lost but i don't really care that it's there but it's definitely something that slightly brings down the project just because we already know it but again i think like i mentioned earlier i think this is all somehow connected to guava island Mm -hmm. and it's something that he had to throw in there for whatever reason Feels like it should be there in connection to all the other tracks. Yeah. But I'm not as big a fan of the track as you are, but I also don't hate it or anything. Mm-hmm. And I actually think in terms of tying in the next track, track 11, which is the violence, that it has a similar sound, but I prefer a lot more how they utilized it in terms of the production on that one. And I like that track a lot better. Those two have a similar sound that is connected to the album, but also kind of of their own, in my opinion. So I would put the violence higher. And I also love the stuff with his son at the end and all that. But yeah. Could you see this being the ending track too? Yeah. Especially with the son stuff. Yeah. But it just makes good ending music <laughs> <laughs> for these uh, ending times in the world. Yeah. Then we go into the last track, track 12, Under the Sun. Yeah, and in terms of all this talk of ending tracks, I think this is a really good ending track. Although I could also see it being earlier in the project too. So it actually feels a little less definitive of an ending track than some of the others. It might have actually worked better where like Warlords is and take that out. But anyway, we could play around with the order all we want. But the fact is, it is the ending track and I think it does do a pretty good job of that and it's another song that has a lot of range and different energies that happen to it throughout. So I like it. I can agree with what you said. And I think this track, when I first listened to it, gave me Awaken My Love feels to it. Mm-hmm. I can see that. A couple of times he goes into them crazy, like, high James Squeals, Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is dope. I like it. He does it very well. But yeah, it's a good ending track. Could see it. In other spots, like you said, but I think it also works. I'm cool with having it there. Ends on a little bit of a brighter note. So yeah, that's all the tracks, and we gave our overall thoughts already. And again, these are our first impressions, pretty much. So we'll see how they age. We'll see if he puts out any other stuff connected to the first book thing and four covers thing. So who knows? Maybe we'll do a part two later after that happens and we'll see about the predictions on the mixtape album thing but yeah zooming out to wrap up this episode i think part of what makes both of us such big fans of him in general is 
not just the music, but how versatile he is in general in terms of how creative he is and all the projects he does. And especially in the TV film world, he's done a lot, most notably with Atlanta, which he created, stars in, etc. Has won Emmys, Golden Globes, all that. And he's been acting in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the dude is versatile. He does it all. There's no end in sight. Who knows what's next? Maybe it's not even just him. Maybe it's like him and his brother, because his brother, mm-hmm. I don't know, has yeah, his hand. Yeah, and his whole team. Like on a lot. Yeah, and his whole team. Shout out to possibly royalty. I don't know yeah. <laughs> if that's still the name. But yeah, they all kill it. For sure, one of my favorite artists right now, especially if you consider everything he does, not just the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, similar also to, like, Tyler, the creator in that way, too. Yeah, like, design, name it. And he's also done this, not that this defines why we like him, but he's also been able to stay true to himself while becoming massively successful. Like I mentioned, Atlanta's won a bunch of awards, and his music has gotten bigger and bigger with every album. We'll see what this one does, especially it being a weirder release, but he's ascended to just a really high pop culture status. I mean, Time Magazine called him one of the top 100 most influential people in 2017, and he's continued to rise since then. And he was even in, like, the Lion King remake, live-action remake as Simba as an adult, along with a lot of other big stars. And he's just reached a super high level of popularity and success, while at the same time, not compromising on his vision and being able to expand that which i think is really cool and again not that that's what defines what makes him cool to us because even if he was still like a quote-unquote underground artist Mm -hmm. we would still mess with him the same but it is cool when he's also reached these higher levels yeah i mean well said so big pro for donald lover overall slash childish gambino yes sir big pro all right, that wraps up this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on any platform. And I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere. And we're putting out this episode a little earlier again this week just because of the album just coming out and wanting to be fresh on it. But yeah, see you guys next week on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>